Welcome to the Sweet Run Podcast, your source for all things running and travel in super fun destinations around the world. We're your hosts, Gerald Mitchell and Natalie Mitchell. It's the 20th episode of the Sweet Run Podcast, and this week we have the perfect guest to celebrate 20 fun-filled running and travel episodes. It is our pleasure to welcome Olympian Carrie Tullifson to the show. In 2004, Carrie won the 1500 at the U.S. Olympic Trials and went on to compete for our country in the 1500 at the Olympic Games in Athens. She has been a big influence in the running world for a long time. Carrie is the host of her podcast, See Tolly Run, definitely give it a listen, and has worked on camera with ESPN and other major networks. She does regular media coverage for the TCS New York City Marathon and the NYC Half Marathon. Carrie has done commentary for several world-class events, including the Twin Cities, Boston, and Tokyo Marathons, as well as the Foot Locker Nationals. Carrie has been on the cover of Runner's World five times and is the host of her summer running camp for kids. Carrie is also mom to her own three awesome kids and wife to architect and stud athlete Charlie. In this conversation, we chat with Carrie about her running and broadcasting career, including the fact that she ran a very fast marathon of 251 just over a year ago and wants to run more marathons. Yes! We then pivot into running in beautiful Minneapolis, St. Paul, and Carrie gives us recommendations on the best places to run, where to dine out, her favorite races, and so much more. Talking with Carrie is like hanging out with a friend, and we have many tangent conversations, including both of our engagement stories. You will not want to miss this super fun conversation. This episode is sponsored by two awesome brands, Inside Tracker and Beam. I love Inside Tracker because as an athlete that wants to perform at my very best, it's critical to know what's going on from the inside, and that's what Inside Tracker provides. They make it so easy, you guys, to just go and get a blood test, and then they put together a detailed analysis of exactly what's going on inside your body and what you need to do to improve. Many times, this is the missing piece of information that so many athletes need to enhance their performance. We take the time to train hard nearly every single day, so it's smart to uncover the details of your body's internal needs. Inside Tracker provides you with a concrete, science-backed, trackable action plan for reaching your performance goals and being your healthy best. We're excited to partner with Inside Tracker, and for a limited time, Inside Tracker is offering Sweet Run listeners 25% off the entire store. All you have to do is go to insidetracker.com slash sweetrun and get started on changing the way you see the inside of your body. Have you heard of Beam? Let me tell you about them. Beam is a CBD company that's making waves in the wellness industry by offering products that combine THC-free CBD with other high-quality ingredients. It was founded by two ex-professional athletes with the idea that everyone should have the chance to experience what better feels like. Whether you're sore or stressed, CBD is key for recovery and self-care. And my absolute favorite product is Dream. It comes in a CBD capsule or powder, and I get better, more restful sleep whenever I take it. With compounds like magnesium and melatonin, Dream will help your body wind down for a deeper night's sleep, 
Plus, it tastes like healthy, delicious hot cocoa. Who doesn't want that? Try Dream today with a special offer for Sweet Run listeners. Visit beamtlc.com and use promo code SWEETRUN for 15% off. And if you order a subscription, which is already 20% off, you will receive an extra 15% off and a Beam mug and frother. That's 35% off. And now, friends, please enjoy our conversation with Olympian Carrie Tullison. Carrie Tullison, I am so honored and just excited to have you on the show. Welcome to the show. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, welcome. Um, Carrie, I have been following your journey and your show, and I remember watching your YouTube show, like, back in the day and like thinking like to myself, I just want to go for a run with her and like go and have a cup of coffee and just like talk to her because you are so much fun. Well, you know, the YouTube channel was, it's still kind of is my heart. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know what year you guys graduated high school. I think you're younger than me, but I graduated in 95 from high school. So I'm just putting out there. I'm old. I'm 44. Don't and do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to tell you, you go ahead and finish and then we'll tell you our age. Okay, good. Well, anyway, I, you know, I've been kind of like playing catch up with like a lot of things in my career, right? Like, you know, the internet came when I was in college and, or email, email, and then the internet, it seemed like, like, you know, we didn't really look at Google or Yahoo when we were there, we just kind of went to the library and looked at books. And then the first part of my professional career, things started to get moving. And so, you know, the YouTube channel was awesome and it was super fun. And we still have quite a few people that subscribe to it this day, which we haven't done a new video since before my youngest and he's turned five the other day. Oh. So it's kind of weird how it's, you know, it's awesome. It lives there, but we haven't added to it. We switched to the podcast when Greer was born. And, you know, it's just kind of been like, we were ahead of the game a little bit and we are, we haven't really caught up with all the big numbers and things like that, but people still remember it. So long story short, the YouTube channel has my heart. Like I love the YouTube channel, but we went to the podcast and here we are. It's, it's still been a really fun adventure. What do you find captivating about YouTube versus the other mediums? That's interesting. Well, you know, I think that I love them both. I really do. Um, for me, being on camera has always been fun. Like some people freeze up when the red light goes on. And for me, it's like, let's bring the fun. Like who cares if you screw up? You know, your smile will take care of it. And so from day one, like when I was in high school, when anyone would want to come and have like athlete of the week from the local TV station or whatever, you know, that was like so much fun for me. And when I went to college, I wanted to be on TV. I wanted to be on air. I did some radio spots back in the day and I liked it, but it didn't really, I just didn't feel like I could show my personality as much. So I think that's the difference between the YouTube channel and the podcast is I feel like, you know, I just can't show my personality as much, but I love them equally. It's just very different. And I do love the in-depth conversation that I get on a podcast. So that I didn't get to really have on the YouTube channel because we tried to keep them short. So, you know, if you ask me to pick one or the other right now, I can't, but I miss the YouTube channel because I'm not doing it. 
Yeah. And, you know, I agree with you about the podcast. It is so fun and you really do get to have in-depth conversations, but it's like, People, the people listening, our friends listening, can't see the expression. Like right now, you and I are like totally smiling and like moving our hands and like no one can see that. And that's the fun thing about being on camera. You can have a whole like you can have a whole world of fun just from your facial expressions and all that. So, yes, for sure. Yeah, that's what I think. Like when I don't do my podcast like you guys are where we see each other. Um, I turn the camera off and a lot of times I feel like I should turn the camera back on because I do think, you know, your guys' smile is lighting up my day, you know, and that's what I think I like about interaction. That's what I love about doing commentary for the big races. It's not necessarily analyzing what I'm seeing. It's getting to talk to the athletes afterwards or beforehand going into the race that interaction for me is so exciting and so important um, that that I think is the one takeaway from the podcast that if I have to have a little negative, which it's not really a negative, but I just, I like seeing people. Yeah. Yes. You know, Carrie, I, that's one of the things I love about you that you're just like this trailblazing woman who is paving the way for, for all for all women that want to get into broadcasting and like to be able to do it in the, the realm that we love with running and sports, I think is fantastic. And I know, I feel like for me, the one thing that that stands out to me in your career so far, because I know you have a ton of things that you're going to be doing, but like when you were at the New York city marathon and Shalane was about to win the race and you were, you know, commentating for the race. And it was kind of like, we're all at home And we were like screaming at the TV and we were so excited. And when we realized, you know, she was going to win. And when she crossed the finish line with her famous, you know, just the expression on her face and everything that she did. And like you were commentating, it was like, whoa, what a moment. Does that stand out to you as like one of those, the most, one of the most special moments? Oh my gosh. I still have goosebumps. Like right when you were talking about, I was like, it was that weird tingly feeling all the way down my arms. Like you know, there are very few times in life where I think you can kind of go back to the feeling that you get when you're racing, when you're not racing. And when Shalane and I have been through a lot together, like she came to Villanova on a recruiting trip and I got to see her there. And then, you know, we competed against each other my whole entire professional career. And when I got to call that race, a race that meant so much for all of us, um, that, you know, had followed her or had been in races with her or whatever, you know, I was like calling a race of one of my best friends. I mean, Shalane and I are friends. We're not best friends. We're friends, but you know, it had that connection of being, um, you know, on Olympic teams together and, and just fighting for spots together and things like that. And so I had to get it together. Like I was I was crying. I was like nervous. Like I wanted to kind of throw up because this was happening. Like everything was happening. And it was truly an honor. Like I look back at some of the highlight reels that they have every now and then, or Shalane will post and you hear me like saying things and I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like it was another pinch me moment. Like I got to be that girl in the studio or in the booth calling that historic race. And yeah, it was, it was one of my favorite things of my career. That's amazing. Awesome. You know? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think, that, you know, I agree with that. That was amazing for all of us that was, that were listening on the other side of of the screen. 
Um, mm. But I wanted to say to you, Carrie, and I didn't say this in the beginning and everyone knows this, but this is Olympian Carrie Tullifson, and you've had your own Olympic journey and you, you know, have, were a professional runner for so long and made it to the Olympics in 2004 in the 1500 meters. And I just, I really wanted to ask when you were at the Olympic trials and you realized you were going to go to the Olympics in the 1500 meters, you know, what was the thought going through your mind? And I know it's been kind of a while now, but it still must give you some sense like some goosebumps there. Oh, for sure. Um, I don't know if you guys had have seen or remember that journey that I had to take to make that Olympic team. Like I, I won the Olympic trials. I had run the B standard and there was one person that had the A standard and it was um, Susie Faber Hamilton. And Susie did not run the final at the Olympic trials. So there was some controversy there. Like, could she still make the team with the A standard, but she didn't make, she didn't run the final. So basically for the next, I believe it was 12 days after the Olympic trials, we went to Europe, the top four, because we, the top three had the chance to make it. There was an alternate and Susie. So it's a kind of a hard story. And if you guys, you got, might want to go and look back at the old, um, the old newspaper articles and things, but basically I had to be the first American in every single race that I ran against all these women. So I had to run the fastest and beat them. And I also was trying to get the A standard. So I ran 406.1. The B, the A standard that year was 405.8. So I was 0.3 seconds away from the A standard, but I beat the Americans every time. So that I was the only American to go in the 1500 that year. Um, we were completely shot, all four of us. It was um, crazy to think that we could run that many races. I ran five and a half races. I stepped off of one um, in 12 days in four different countries. Oh my Whoa. gosh. Talking about it was just a crazy. road warrior. <laughs> it that was crazy. Crazy, Carrie. This is so you yeah. Can- all those were 1500 meter races in that short of span of time. Yep. Because everyone was trying to get the A standard, you know, sometimes we're allowed to chase the standard and sometimes we're not. And because I was so close and the other girls were so close. I mean, we were all running 406.1, 406.3, 406.2. Like we kept running these fast times, but nobody had a big drop. And then, you know, a lot of times you'll see 1500 meter runners and I was more of a 5k runner. I had run 1504 that year. We thought I was going to make the team in that event. I ended up not making it won the 1500, but with the B standard, you know, I think a lot of times when you see 5k girls come down in the 1500 or vice versa, 800 meter runners come up, you kind of get stuck at that 405, 406 point for a long time. And then boom, all of a sudden, all of a sudden something happens. You need to drop down to 403, 402. And, you know, we were hoping that all of us would just have that breakthrough and we would all get to go. And we kind of got, there was some bad weather along the way. We have running in rain and wind and things, you know, all kinds of excuses and it didn't happen. But believe me, like that camaraderie that we all built together, just trying to push each other to run fast as Americans, we all wanted to go. It was heartbreaking when we all didn't get to go. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, what a dream come true, you guys. Like I made that Olympic team in kind of a weird way, but forever I get to call myself an Olympian. Absolutely. And it was awesome. Absolutely. 
Man, you know, I know I'm sitting there listening to you and I'm just kind of closing my eyes, imagining like, no matter what, you're going to always be an Olympian, you know, and to be able to have that honor to run for our country is pretty special. Yeah, I I was just going through the butterflies, (laughs) listening to the story. My stomach was starting to turn because I can imagine, you know, like you said, one, just the volume and intensity of running you did in such a compacted time. And then to know that you're like, trying to push each other over the edge. Who's going to go first? Is anybody going to go over the edge to get the, I was just sitting there like, Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, you guys, it's crazy. Like I could, we could talk all night, but um, Amy Rudolph, who is now a D one coach, like she's a two-time Olympian held the American record in the 5,000. She finished third at the Olympic trials and was trying to get that standard. And I can remember being boxed in, in Belgium with her and she and I, we still are very good friends, but I remember getting kind of boxed in and she was right behind me and we were in like, I don't know, third and fourth position or something like that. And she said, go Carrie. And this is in the middle of a race. And she had enough gumption to get kind of wake me up to go because we were settling into sort of a sit and kick race. We were not we couldn't do that. We were chasing this time. And the faster we all ran as a group, the better we all ran together. And I will never forget that. That was one of those moments um, for me in my entire, my entire racing career and running career where I remember thinking, oh my gosh, my friend was trying to help me while she was trying to make another Olympic team. Like that's pretty special. So she and I have a tight bond and I think it just grew even tighter in that moment. Yeah. You know, there is something special about runners. We all seem to want the best for each other. And that's one of the things I love about this sport. Everyone is just so kind and like roots for, you know, we root for each other. Mm -hmm. We want the best for each other. And yeah, that's pretty special. But I I wanted to ask you, like, what was the recovery like in between each of those 1500 meter races? (laughs) There, I mean, it was okay. I would race at night in I don't know where I was, Belgium somewhere. (laughs) And then I would get on an airplane the next morning. So we'd race at 9 p.m. Because a lot of the European races are in the evening. So we'd race and then we would, you know, hurry up, grab something to eat, try to sleep, get up early in the morning because I would race sometimes two times within 24 hours. Mm. And then I might have a day or two to get to another place. Um, It was wild. And I remember my agent and my coaches and all these other agents, like, oh my gosh, there's a tiny little race over here in Italy. So we can get these girls to Italy. I mean, it was like a huge thing. And I, you know, like all the papers and, you know, let's run and everyone, they were following it. And it was kind of wild. Like, where are they going to run next? Is the weather going to be okay? And I remember there was one more race that Jen Toomey was going to go by herself and the weather was going to be terrible. And she ended up like getting there and it wasn't going to be that day. And it would have been her sixth or seventh race in that 12 day period. And I think she called it and we were all just like, we were sad for her. We were like relieved for us, but the recovery was really hard when I got to the Olympics, you guys, and this is a whole nother podcast, but I had fallen in uh, January of 2004. So right away at the beginning of the year, it was winter here. And I fell and did the splits over a snowdrift on my way to an indoor track. So before all of this, before the trials, before the Olympic games, 
And so I tore both adductors, your groin muscles, and I tore part of my abs off the pubic bone. Oh my and so by the time the Olympics came around, I was pretty severely injured. Like I had, I had two stress reactions on my pubic bone. I had torn those muscles. So by the time I got to to the Olympics, I was in so much pain and so ready to just be done that it was like a relief. Like I was so thrilled and excited, but I almost was like, okay, I'm at the Olympics now. I can relax, which I didn't, obviously. (laughs) But it was like the burden was taken off. I remember icing before I was going to workouts, which you normally don't ice before workouts, but I was so inflamed. It was a big ordeal, but no way in heck was I going to back down. I mean, like you said, I had the USA on my chest. I was wearing the red, white, and blue. And thankfully I didn't back down because I had pneumonia in 2008. I didn't make the team. So it sounds like a lot of drama. It was all wonderful, but you look back now and you think, how in the heck did I do that? Yeah. No, no, no. I don't think it sounds like drama at all. I think, you know, it's funny behind the scenes with athletes, you know, professional athletes, they have their whole, that there's so much that goes on behind the scenes. We see you standing on the line, you know, looking beautiful, ready to race really fast with this determined look on your face. You're like, Oh my gosh, this is so cool. You know, but like, we don't know all the things that went on before Mm -hmm. you got to that moment. If you only knew. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that's the thing I think most athletes at the Olympic games, if you only knew, you know, like how much they were, a lot of people say that the athletes are just hanging on by a thread. And I truly believe it because, you know, there's a lot of emotion and excitement and and, uh, adrenaline that gets you there. And uh, very rarely, you know, do you really see the favorites win to it a lot of time? I mean, Mm -hmm. I guess you do see that, but there's a lot of times where you see the underdogs. So you know, getting to that Olympic games for most countries is super hard and you take a big peak to get there. And then you kind of have these valleys where you go down and you got to peak back up and it's a weird, you know, kind of ebb and flow of how to train and race and stay in it mentally. It's, it's super fun, but I'm so thankful. I'm kind of like on the other side now and I could just watch it. Right. Right. <laughs> but Carrie, yeah. you're still running super fast. You ran a two fifty one marathon. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's pretty fun though, to say that too, like as an old lady, um, and not running very much. I mean, really you guys, I didn't, I wasn't doing Strava at the time, but if you look back at my, you know, my running blogs and, um, my running logs, I, don't run much more than maybe 40 miles a week during marathon training. And even now I run like 20, I have like two or three days of complete rest. So consistency is key. Everybody stay consistent. Don't take months off, take two or three days and then get back in it for a couple of days and take another day. So yeah, that 251 was a nice, nice. It was a good day. It was a nice uh, little stat to have. Absolutely. Yeah. That's fun. No. Yeah. I was, you know, I love your, um, your long run challenges. So when you have your, you know, you'll show your watch, right. And you'll be like, okay. And then every week you get, you have, you add on more miles and you're still running like six thirty five, six forty pace mm-hmm. in your, these long runs. And, mm-hmm. and so I was like following along. I'm like, oh my gosh, she's like, you know, you're really like running, you know, quick on these long runs. 
And then, um, and then I know you said you're going to run the, the twin cities marathon. And that was so, I, I know you wanted to break three hours, which I was like, she's going to way break three hours, like way beyond that. And so that 251, that's, that's really awesome, Carrie. Yeah. I love the long run challenge, you guys. And I do run hard. I'm not going to lie. You know, I run a lot of things kind of right at that pace that I would probably run a marathon at. Um, you know, I start, I start with the 10 mile and then I add a mile each week till I get to 20. That's my long run challenge. And it's just weird how, if you look back at that, it's pretty close to either being consistent at 650 to seven minute pace or a little quicker. Um, but yeah, that long run, it's so important for all of our training and whether you're doing five Ks, 10 Ks, half marathon, marathon, like that's just such a key element. And I like it because it's like my happy hour. <laughs> I get to go chat with my friends and get away from home for a little bit. So yes. I love home, but I love a run, a long run. Well, speaking of home, I think we, we have three kids and I think our yeah. kids are around the same age. Okay. How old are your kids? So Greer just turned five. That's our youngest little boy. And then Everett, who's another little boy, he is seven. And then Ruby is 10. Okay, so we got a little bit older. We have a 13-year-old son, a 10-year-old daughter, and a just-turned-8-year-old daughter. Yep. I thought we kind of flopped. So you're boy, girl, girl, and I'm girl, boy, boy. Yeah. Oh, nice. Now, do your Mm -hmm. kids like to run with you? Um, Good question. (laughs) (laughs) So my oldest, Ruby... She likes to run, but she totally is like the girl that wants to wave and stop and talk to everybody. So she is the social butterfly that will be out there and, you know, not really pushing it, but like enjoying every step of the way. Um, Everett, my middle one, I think he might like to run. He's kind of, I mean, he's like a, you know, like a a normal guy. Like he just, he wants to play football, baseball, basketball, hockey, all that stuff. He kind of likes, you know playing with balls and things like that. Um, I do think my youngest, so Greer, he'll be like, mom, watch me run. Mm. So I don't know if he just hasn't picked up that, you know, catching a football like Everett has already, but I just see him like, you know, putting his head down, working on his form. Like he's funny. He's just, I don't know if he sees me doing strides here and there or what, but he's always trying to do a stride and he's trying to show me how fast he can go. So maybe, I don't know. Maybe. I know. It's funny to kind of like let them lead the way. They'll kind of tell you what they want, even though we're secretly going, I hope they want to. I hope they (laughs) want to. I hope they want to in a way that that we all run, right? That it's just a lifestyle. It's fun. You know that you have a friend no matter what in the running community. Like, you know, I know the running community has a lot of work still to be done and still to grow and and be more inclusive and things like that. But I just feel like even when I was at the Olympics or at world championships, I'm a Christian. So I, a lot of times I kind of, you know, I try to find the Christian athletes and we would have fellow fellowship of Christian athletes, mm-hmm. things like that FCA. Um, but I just felt like it was sort of like going to church. Like when you go to a race, when you line up, like you kind of know most people are good people. Most people are kind. They're rooting for you. They're excited to hear about your PR. You don't really, you could say, hey, I had an awesome race. And they wouldn't think you were bragging. They would be like, yes, or it was terrible out there. And they'd try to lift you up. Like, 
that's the thing that I want Ruby and Everett and Greer to have in their lives are people that are kind, people that are good, and also just excited to see people achieve. Like, I don't know many runners that want to see people, you know, not have a good race, even if you want to beat them. It's okay to want to beat each other, but you still want to see them have a good race. So I don't know. That's what I want the most for them is to have that community. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like Ruby's well on her way if she's the social runner. So she she may be leading the pack there anyway. She is so funny. She's watching my old YouTube channels now and making the boys do the workouts and they go and get canned corn, canned green beans, and that's their weights. Oh my gosh. Oh. I love it. That's I'm, so creative. So funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, she knows I don't allow them to lift, lift weights yet. So I have said, Hey, you want to do this, go get some, you know, canned corn. Well, I didn't think she would remember. She had them out this year again. You know what? They always remember, like, whatever you say, you think they don't either, either they don't hear you or that, you know, that they're not paying attention. They're always paying attention. They are, they are. And this has been a, a different year for that. Like you really have to be careful. Like I know I've been stressed with those kids this year and they're, they're staying home with me probably through the rest of the year. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's times where they're like, mom, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. But, you know, are you okay? I feel bad for these little ones. So we've been trying to have fun around here. And I think we're doing a good job, but they're pretty special little ones. We got to take care of them. We definitely have to lead by example. Absolutely. Now, it was a nice segue. You said you have <laughs> to have fun around here. So we want, we, we need to get into like, having fun around where you are. I know. We are tell us some excited. Stuff. We want to hear yeah. all about Minneapolis, St. Paul. Like, first of all, I oh. love where you live. I was a- been able to go a couple of times and I fell in love with it. It's so beautiful. So we want to know everything. So excited. <laughs> oh, we love it here. I mean, I grew up in rural Minnesota. So three hours west of Minneapolis and St. Paul in a town called Dawson, Minnesota. And it's farm town, USA. Um, it's actually known as Gnome Town, USA. Hmm. These little gnomes, all, like if you're a mayor or um, a famous coach or whatever, you get a little gnome made out of you. That's and so I cool. have, I don't have one yet. <laughs> Wait, why right. don't you? They need to make one for you, Carrie. That's you they, start a hello? campaign. I know. I tried to campaign. Maybe they'll hear my, um, you know, my podcast here with you guys. But no, I think you have to be a little older. It's usually, you know, once you get a little older, but um, yeah, I mean, we love being in Minnesota. You know, a lot of people are like, why would you move home when you could have trained anywhere really? And, you know, it's to me, all my family is here for one, but I really love running here. You know, not excited about negative 11 coming on Sunday morning. We're going to have negative 11 degrees, Um, but today was 36. So, you know, it's yeah, it was a hot day here. <laughs> You're ready for shorts and t-shirt. <laughs> I'm telling you, there were people out there. So, oh. but you know, oh. it's a, it's a wonderful city and um, we have a really nice running community. Like I said, the river road is just a half mile from my house. And that's a really famous kind of strip that connects a lot of the lakes and downtowns. And um, if you guys have ever run the Twin Cities marathon, you've run on the river road. So um, pretty spectacular place. So now, Carrie, are you in Minneapolis or St. Paul? Like, what is, is it a big difference? So we live exactly like right smack dab in between both 
downtowns. So my address is St. Paul, but I literally can run a half a mile and get to Minneapolis. Okay. So we're, you know, just right there. And the Twin Cities are made up of Minneapolis and St. Paul, as you know. And I don't know if you guys know this, but both mayors are super fast runners. One is a marathoner and one is a 400 meter runner, like a, like a uh, 46 second 400 meter runner. Okay. And our mayor is like a 216 marathoner. Maybe it's 213. No, I think it's 260. Was that? I know. I mean, you talk about running for for office. I mean, my goodness. Uh, Exactly. (laughs) Was that part of the requirement to be mayor? (laughs) Mayor Fry and Mayor Carter know how to get after it, peeps. That is awesome. Well, they were like, well, we have an Olympian in our city, so we better, you know, we got to do it. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So, Carrie, all right. Tell us if we come to Minneapolis, St. Paul, what, Mm -hmm. where should we run? Where are your favorite places to run? Oh my goodness. Like I said, the river road is beautiful. I mean, you have the Mississippi just flowing through both cities and it's beautiful. Um, we have some really cool famous bridges, I guess the stone arch bridge in downtown Minneapolis is super pretty. And that's where my husband and I were reconnected and it's a whole fun love story. We got engaged over there to, well, not on the stone arch, but on a run. Um, just that's the, prettiest part of downtown Minneapolis. But then when you go to downtown Minneapolis, we have some really beautiful bridges down there as well. So they connect on both sides to the river road. So you can do nice loops pretty much anywhere when you're right in the Twin Cities here. Um, We have this, these, um, I think it's four lakes, but they're the city of lakes. Well, excuse me, the chain of lakes. We are this, the state of 10,000 lakes, but the chain of lakes. So we have a number of different lakes that kind of intertwined that you just can go, you can go around one lake and it's, they're all about 5k around, Mm. but if you keep on adding lakes, you know, it just connects and then it connects on to the Minnehaha Parkway. I mean, it's, there's trail after trail after trail. It's one of the best commuting cities in the country. So, um, I would say river road, summit Avenue, the lakes and find any bridge in the downtown areas. And you'll have so much fun crossing and making a loop. And it sounds like these are all, kind of manicured, paved, or they yeah. dirt or, okay, gravel, but yeah. They're all kind of like bike path because they want them accessible for commuters on bikes. But we do have crushed, you know, gravel. The loose line is beautiful if anyone wants to try that out. And that's still right outside of downtown Minneapolis that connects. Um, we also, I live really close to Fort Snelling National Park. And it is beautiful. And there are both paved trails there and also gravel trails, a little bit of, um, you know, just off trail. So, yeah, I mean, I just feel like there's trail after trail after trail. And when you have that many lakes and bodies of water, you know, they do a lot to make sure that we can use it and, you know, walk, run around it. Great. That's awesome. Okay. Before we move on, I have to ask you about, Charlie, your husband and you, you were saying you kind of put that little tidbit out there about you guys getting engaged. Did you get engaged on a run? So we did. So we, I was on a run and I was reconnected with him. He was walking home from his firm that he was working at. He's an architect and I was crossing over the stone arch. So that's how we were reconnected seven years after I held his hand in 1993 (laughs) Um, I had a boyfriend. Don't tell anyone. No, everyone knows this. I had a boyfriend, but I held his hand. 
No kissing. <laughs> just held his hand. I know. And then we were actually out on a run on the Minnehaha Parkway. And I was struggling with some plantar fasciitis, actually. And I was actually having a decent run. And he pretended to sprain his ankle. And he was going to need to put it in the cold, cold creek. And I was so annoyed. I'm like, dude, I'm going to come back and get you. I'm going to run home <laughs> and go get the car. Because I don't have time for you to be icing your ankle. You know, I need to get this run. It's all about me. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, well, just look at it. And then when I went to look at it, he brought the ring up and said, well, I was wondering if you'd marry me. <laughs> so then we ran home and we were just beaming and people were like, what is happening? We've never seen such happy runners before. And I showed my ring to a couple people, strangers. Aww. But yeah, so lots of, lots of fun things have happened for me on the running routes around here. Yeah, that that's, is awesome. That, that's what I call a new level of runner's high. <laughs> it was. It was crazy. I didn't even feel my foot until after. And then it like blew up and I was like limping around as we were trying to celebrate. But super uh, cool. Yeah. That, I mean, he really nailed it. That's a good one. Because, you know, <laughs> I know for the guys, it's like they're kind of have that pressure to feel like, okay, what can I do that's like going to be really cool and different, but like romantic and like all these things. And I'm going to surprise the, my girlfriend and like catch her off guard, all these things. And it's like, that that's pretty awesome. <laughs> it was super fun. Although he like had the ring in his pocket for, I don't know how many days because it, I was crabby because I was injured. So it was like, Oh, this isn't a good time. I'm just going to wait. He kept saying like, and then his car broke down or something. It was just like one thing after the other. So he had on those little shorty shorts that us runners wear, you know, and he had it in that tiny little key pocket. This <laughs> right. diamond ring. I was like, Charlie, like so many people lose their car keys and on runs. Like, why would you carry this ring around? But it was, you know, he just needed the right timing because my mood was up and down and all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to imagine you in a bad mood, Carrie. I'm not, I'm not oh. getting that picture. You're, you always are so happy and smiley. Oh, well, let me just say, I never knew I could yell as loud as I could until I had kids, but they're not scared of it. That's what drives me crazy. They're like, she's going to just start laughing in a little bit here. So we might as well keep going. <laughs> That sounds like that is, that uh, is like yeah. totally in our house too. I'm like, oh, I feel like they're just kind of like, oh, okay, mom's just crabby for a minute and then she'll get over yeah. it. It'll be totally fine. I know. How did you two get engaged, by the way? <laughs> Do you really want to know? Yes. We got engaged at the LA Marathon. <gasps> How fun. <laughs> On at the run. finish line? Yes. Well, yeah. yeah, I was supposed to be at the finish line. Not that this is about us no. at all, but anyway, really quickly. That is. <laughs> Wait, so. I had never run a marathon before. I probably had done 10, 12, maybe a half training at best. And mm -hmm. so I trained for the marathon by myself at night after she and I would run together or hang out. And so it was raining cats and dogs that day. And I, she'd done two other LA marathons and it was always like great weather. So I'm like, okay, I can do this. And it is just pouring sheets. Oh. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. It, so I get through about to right to about where I trained to about 13, 14 miles and just broke down. And I told oh, her, I no. said, look, you run your race. Cause she was working with some other guys and they just took off. And I ran about a mile with them and I said, okay, look, 
just wait for me at the finish line, please. I'm going to, I'm really going to need you there. Long story short, she has some issues with hypothermia. So she's nowhere near the finish line when I get there. And I waited. Yes, she did. I did. I waited for him and I'm like, okay, I'm waiting. I want to cheer him on. This is first marathon. Mm -hmm. So cool. And I'm waiting. And then 30 minutes goes by and 45 minutes goes by and 60 minutes go by. And I'm like, where is he? And so then I was like, let me just go over and like get my picture taken and whatever. (laughs) And then long story short, I ended up not feeling well, getting hypothermia in and I'm hypothermia. I'm in the medical tent. No one knows where I am. So everyone's like, what happened to Nat? Why is she not here? I come running across this line. And like, I, I mean, I'm literally hobbling for like 10 miles. Right. And then I finally like, okay, I'm getting close. Let me try to get myself together. And there's like a, a at the time there was like one turn around this block and there's the finish line. So I like put it all together to get to this finish line and I've got this ring. And I'm, and I'm not looking, there. And I'm like, oh my God. And I see her mom. I did all that. Yes. Yeah. Her mom's there. And I'm like, well, where is she? Because she knows the deal. Her mom knows the deal. And she's like, I don't know. I can't find her in a. So now I'm, I'm walking around downtown Los Angeles at the time because and the street, everybody's clearing out and I'm walking downtown by myself with this ring. And so I just say, OK, I'm going to this going back to the hotel. I find her in the hotel and there's like all there's like 100 people laying in the lobby. And she's like, what happened to you? And then, then I freeze up because I'm like, that sounded like her. Yes. Yeah, she's like, what happened to you? I waited and then I got sick. I'm so sorry. And so finally, I was, you know, I was like, Look, yeah, just so come he over proposed here. In, in the in middle the lobby. of like the lobby with oh. all these like sweaty runners. Yes. I bet it just like erupted, though. Y- yeah, yeah, it did. I mean, <laughs> half mo- well, the eruption after a marathon is not the eruption you were expecting. At a <laughs> yeah, 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 yes. yes. Like, oh. um, wow. I, know, I was very excited. I was not expecting she, that at all. And it was she, very cool. Yeah, she so. totally had a whole nother gear that I was not prepared for. <laughs> she was like, ah! <laughs> well, we have to well, move on time. from this story. Yes, sorry. <laughs> so what, wait, though, I'm sorry, I'm not done. So was the ring in your little shorty shorts too then? No, I was I was more careful. I had okay. the fanny pack zipped Oh, the up. fanny. Yes. You're going to know now how old we are, Carrie. We yes. are older than you. Yes. No way. Yes. I like it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> we don't awesome. need to go there. We can go there. We're all 25. That's right. Yes. I know. Well, anyway, we're old enough that there was a fanny pack involved. I'm like, can we not? <laughs> I, I wear the fanny now. Fanny pack. I love it. That is awesome, you guys. Oh, no, That's it so was cute. Awesome. Now we have uh, to meet Charlie. Yes. Oh, I know. He is He is a great guy. He's busy. He's on the cover of Midwest Magazine this this week because he his house design in Colorado is getting lots of love. So wow. I'm proud wifey right now. I'm excited for him. A lot of, you know. So much of our lives has been kind of my career and what I do and that I'm still in the public eye a little bit. And he has always been that guy that lights up when I enter a room, you know, like that's what I tell all these young girls. You got to find a guy that sees you when you walk in the room. And I've always felt like that. You know, I mean, he just is taking good care of me and he's an ornery bugger at times. And so am I, but we have fun and we're so thankful that we have this nice little family. Oh, how long have you guys been married now? 
So we got married in 2003. Okay. And so it's coming up on our, what is that? 18? Yeah. Wow. wow. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. And he's an, I, I don't mean to like go off on a rabbit hole, but I just have to say, I know yeah. he's an athlete too. He's like this like big time biker. Yeah. Did he likes to do Ironman and race or yep. something. He did Leadville a couple years ago, uh, the hundred mile mountain bike race. So yeah, he likes to do this, the long stuff, but can I just tell you, he needs to have this quote that he says all the time. He's on the lifetime taper. He needs a t-shirt because he's either training for these long events, which he trains minimally. <laughs> it's like, that's a strong word, actually. Um, he doesn't train very much, but I think he just is so, he's got this high paid tolerance and, you know, he just kind of, he doesn't put too much pressure on it. So he, he goes out there and does it, but he does the long stuff. I have no idea how I really don't like, he'll do a 10 mile run before his Ironman competitions. He'll do, you know, like an hour and a half on the bike. There's no like four hour bike rides for him. It's just weird, but he gets it done. Okay. Wait. So I knew he raced bikes and did this hundred mile Leadville race, but I didn't know he did Ironmans. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's done probably like 30 or 33 marathons, somewhere around there, including his Ironman in marathons. So he first started off doing marathons and he picked up the swim and then he picked up the bike. He was a football player in college for a few years. And then he's kind of that guy that can do all of the sports, you know, like he go golf with you. He can play basketball. He can ho play hockey. He kind of can do that. But, you know, his passion was in architecture and he knew he wasn't going to be an athlete kind of like I was, but he's a very good athlete. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So now, all right. So we've talked about where to run and all these yeah. great places to run. So now, all right, where do we go to refuel? We have to eat all the food, Carrie. <laughs> Breakfast, lunch, <laughs> dinner. We, 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 we need one for everything. I know you like to eat because I heard you I on an do. interview where you were saying that you like running so much because you can eat. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Seriously. Like that is my favorite part. I mean, I'm, I always like to eat, but after a good long run or a hard race, once you're ready to eat, oh, it's so good. But, you know, I think a couple places here, Minnesota is kind of known for the Juicy Lucy so we have a lot of places that have that, but one of my favorite um, places that if you were to come to Minnesota, there's a lot of nice restaurants. There's a lot of cool, you know, we have all the big chains, obviously, but Mickey's Diner is downtown St. Paul and it's a little like caboose and you, you can eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's open usually 24 hours. And it's just really fun. I mean, it's a really cool, they make everything right in front of you. And that's probably one of our favorite spots. You come out and you just stink like a greasy spoon, you know, but it's so good while it's going down. And then, you know, if you ever run too close to it, it doesn't uh, feel so good, but you know, yeah. it was fun while it lasted. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about being in the moment. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So if you guys were to come to Minnesota, I'd say you definitely have to check out Mickey's Diner. That's one of my faves. So awesome. Sounds like a good post-run refuel. Yes. Yes. For yeah. sure. Post-run. <laughs> what about like dinner options? Like if we want to go out for dinner later after the run. Yeah. Well, one of my favorite places is on Selby Avenue, which is parallel with Summit Avenue, which is the final six miles of the marathon. And on Selby, there's a lot of cute little places. 
but I like to go to a place called La Grola and they, they make there's, it's a Italian place. They make all their own pasta and it's just kind of a cute little small quaint place, but super good food. And, you know, my, my coach, Dennis Barker, he likes to go to the happy gnome, which is right around the corner. And that's kind of a, it's got a lot of places to, you know, or a lot of different beer to drink, but also good burgers and, it's all kind of like grass fed organic food. So Selby has a really nice strip of good restaurants that have high quality food, but it's not super expensive. Cool. So Carrie, do you remember the name of, do you remember a restaurant? It was called, that's <laughs> the story. <laughs> we have another story. It's another tangent. We have to talk about this. All right. So okay. there was, we went to Minneapolis to visit some friends and we took, we went, um, I had gotten a recommendation from some friends here in LA and they're that were from Minnesota. And they're like, if you go to Minnesota, you have to go to this restaurant. I think it's called Aquavit. It's, oh, I don't think yeah. it's no longer around. Yeah. Was it in, where was it? It like was downtown. downtown. It was, I do remember that. Did yeah, it turn into a nightclub at night? No, I, I don't, don't know. Think, I don't think so. I think I there might have been like somewhere it. after that okay. we would go out to and go and kick it. Nice. Yeah, this. <laughs> yeah. And let, just, this. Okay. Okay. We, side we, side, side note, story. But this, her friends were, yeah. you know, um, some entertainment executives that just happened to be oh. from Minnesota, but they were entertainment oh, executives. Fancy. Well, so, we know that it's got, we got a lot of entertainment going on around here. Well, the, the guy was from Minnesota. He was, he was totally LA at this point. Right. So I'm like, okay. okay. I mean, LA, Minneapolis. Yeah. Where are all the you're, stars at people? Where are that's all the stars right. at? You're going to see where this goes in a moment. Okay. And the reason why we're not 100% sure, but we don't think it was a, turned into a nightclub is because we were newly married. The couple that we went with were there and they were pregnant with their first. And okay. so there wasn't really a nightclub type of vibe, no, right? No, mm. totally wholesome. Let's go out to dinner and talk with our friends. So I get this recommendation. They're like, okay, great. Let's go. We take them, we sit down and we realize that this place is so expensive. Oh, and the we kind of like get into the meal and it was like a five course meal with like, why I think there was like oh there was, there was of wine, wine with everything like whatever and so we're like well we're here and so we didn't think so we eat and we get the bill hold on first of all it wasn't the first clue was that it was the chef's table so we had this seating in this little half round booth looking into the kitchen like the kitchen's right there and everything's like, I mean, talking about fresh, it's coming right out to the table. And they're telling us all just, I mean, extra details about it and the pairing with it. And so we didn't quite realize what the chef's table was until about mm -hmm. 90 minutes later. But oh. I felt horrible, Carrie. It was all my fault. I felt like I brought everyone to this restaurant. And so the bill comes and like, we look at the bill and we're like, oh. Oh my gosh, like what have we done? And I felt like the worst person because we come to visit these friends and they're newly married, they're gonna have a baby. And it's like, like who wants uh, to go out to dinner and spend that kind of money? And so Gerald's looking at me rolling like- Rolling up my sleeves. <laughs> He's like, well, I guess we're gonna be washing the dishes. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? 
Well, we, we paid worked, for it. Yeah, we worked it out. But, <laughs> but we were me. like, oh my gosh, we're never going out to dinner again. It, yeah. They, oh my we, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. At, we're at, eating peanut butter and jelly for the next six months. That's it right. It was, yeah. Yeah. We had blown our entertainment budget <laughs> for the rest of that weekend and a few more months after that. So that is like our, honestly, our, whenever we talk about coming to Minneapolis, like that is the story that we tell. That is funny. So, you know, I love to eat, but I don't like to necessarily eat at places that don't give me a lot. So we kind of know where we're going. We go where we get bulk and we get good food at the same time. So, yeah, I think that that was right around the corner from a place that we used to go dancing. Okay. Yeah, I think so. It was because it was in the middle of the city. Mm -hmm. And I guess I think it was pretty well known. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, okay, Carrie. So now <laughs> we we love to have dessert. We've got a big sweet tooth. Where should we go and have treat. a treat? Oh man. Well, you know, I am again the simplest person when it comes to entertaining. Like this is entertaining for me right here, just sitting here chatting with you two. Um, but I love a good ice cream. So we have a place called Izzy's. And again, a lot of this is in St. Paul, but Izzy's had, they had a place in right, like, I don't know. Well, again, parallel to Summit, basically, um, on a on Marshall Avenue, but they've closed that one. And now there's one in downtown Minneapolis. And it's just a, it's basically just a local ice cream place, but they have the best ice cream flavors and it's getting to be pretty well known. And actually they will even ship nationwide ice cream to people. So if you guys want, you know, again, I mean, I'm pretty basic. If you want to say that I don't need to be wined and dined. I just like to have fun. And that for me is, you know, after a good hard run or a fun afternoon or a night out dancing when I'm sweating still, because I get my groove on when I dance. Yes. Um, a good old milkshake is all I need. And Izzy's is the place I'll hit up for sure. That sounds nice. perfect. Everybody listening, we're putting all these great recommendations from Carrie in the show notes. So when you Yay. go to Minneapolis, you can do exactly what she's telling you to do and you're going to love it. <laughs> I mean, would you hate me if I just said I love Oreo blizzards from the Dairy Queen? <laughs> <laughs> no, I no. think that'd be awesome. That's what I the think Midwest the DQs. Is- I think the headquarters are here in Minnesota too. So, I mean, I should have been sponsored by them years ago. I don't know what was going on there. Yeah. I haven't seen a Dairy Queen in the longest. I I, I would totally love to hit a Dairy Queen. So, oh, so hey, good. Dairy Queen too. Dairy Queen, yep, if you're right. listening, Dairy Queen, if you're listening, you need to sponsor Carrie Tolson. Hello. All of us. Get on that. All of us. <laughs> Well, Carrie, I'm I'm from the Midwest too. I'm from Ohio. So I'm like feeling your whole Midwestern vibe. I love it. I love the people, the simplicity, the kindness Mm -hmm. of people. And yeah, it's a great place to live. I mean, if people really want to have good food, they need to go to the basement of our churches and have a good old potluck because that's where the good food is. (laughs) Now that is another podcast, which (laughs) I mean- that I know. is a whole like other goulash, podcast. Hot dish, pot, or you know what? You, smorgasbord. Oh, <laughs> like what do you call it? But you know what? Tater tot, hot dish, all of it is so good. It's so good, and it's all homemade, and it's all I like know. people, and they put so much pride into their cooking, yeah. and they're like, try it, and you're I gonna know. try it, of course, and exactly. it's exactly so good. 
It is anything with cream of mushroom soup. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. So when I, I told you, okay, so I'm from Ohio, right? So when I was growing up, my mom would put cream of mushroom soup on like everything. I'm like, what is the deal? Everything. With that? Everything. But every now and then, it is so good now. Like. Oh, we made tater tot hot dish not too long ago. And my kids were like, what is this mush? And Charlie and I were like, yeah, we're having it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It was so good. So they don't know every now missing. and then you guys, that slop is good. Okay. All right. Cool. Uh, okay. So where, where should we stay? Like, as far as like a great hotel or what, what would you recommend? Should we rent a house? What should we do? Oh, I think renting is super fun. There's a lot of cool places. If you're going to do that, definitely around the lakes. Like I said, Calhoun area is super cool. It's uptown area. Um, but we, I really like the Hewing. There's a new, it's newer. It's a right downtown Minneapolis. And it's a really neat place. They have a rooftop pool that's kind of funky. The bar in there is super cool. But you walk in and you just, just kind of think like, Am I like hip or what just for staying here? My husband and I have never really, we've never stayed there, but anytime I've gone down there, it's just fun. And so I would recommend something like that for people. I and mean, we have nice hotels here, but that's one of my favorite places. Cool. Awesome. As far as like a historical place or a place of interest or something that someone should definitely see when they're in your city, where would you mm -hmm. tell them to go? Well, I think it's pretty neat that we have a waterfall that's like a mile and a half from me and it's called Minnehaha Falls. And again, it's real close to Fort Snelling National Park. But to me, it just seems like it's such a hidden gem. There's so many people that are you know, that live right here that maybe aren't runners or haven't taken the time to go and look over the edge at Minnehaha Falls. But it's a really pretty waterfall all seasons of the year. So, you know, when it's fall, the colors are beautiful with it. When it's winter, it freezes over a lot of times or most of it. And it's just gorgeous seeing the icicles on it. And then the springtime, it's pretty, it's so green and lush down there. And then the summertime, it's really cool, but there's a lot of hiking and running paths right around by it. So anytime I run, like if we start a run in my house and no matter if I was running with my, my training partners that were trying to make the Olympic team, or if it's just my dad and I or whatever, if we run over by the falls, we have to stop our watches and take 60 seconds and just look at this beautiful wonder that we have right here in the middle of, of you know, big booming city. So um, Minnehaha Falls is my favorite. And of course, I love going to the Stone Arch Bridge again in downtown Minneapolis. I think I love water. I don't know what it is. But when you're in a big city like that, being able to run by moving water and seeing the, you know, just all the active people around it. That's, that's beautiful to me. Yeah. That is, is. cool. That is I cool. I love that so much. Now on a, well, okay. This side note, but in terms of sites to see, is there a Prince museum or any, yes. I feel like there is or something. I, I don't know if that's a thing, but I'm just curious. Yes, there is. And actually fun side note, my cousin used to take care of all the landscaping there back in the day. Oh, so wow. like funky, like Prince, you know, symbol, whatever the symbol was. Yes. Yeah. He would like Edward Scissorshand that thing. <laughs> <laughs> cool. That is so, so cool. I know. But yeah, it is, it's out in Minnetonka, out in a Western suburb. 
and it's purple. So lots of cool things going on out there. I have yet to actually be, I have never been in it, which you know how that is. Like when you live somewhere close to something, sometimes you don't go, I need to go, but yeah, lots of people come here and have to go out there. Yeah. That's cool. Lots of purple. Yes. It's gotta be purple. Yes, for sure. <laughs> purple rain. Yes. That's right. <laughs> oh man. That, you know what? I, it makes me feel a little melancholy saying that. Like, I can't believe he's not around. No. I know. I just, on C. Tolly Run on my Facebook, I, every Tuesday I do like a this or that or would you rather or whatever. And I threw out two of his songs. The other people just love him. So, you know, he was a, he was spectacular. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. He was a legend. Um, all right, I Carrie, I, I don't know if you, um, if you drink at all, if you have like wine or anything, but do you guys have any places that like a wine bar or a place where people can go and have a little celebratory drink? So I am not a drinker and just, is that even a nice word to say? Drinker? <laughs> yeah, I, drink, I, drink. I don't drink. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> I am not one to drink. Maybe that would be, have come out nicer, but <laughs> I was, always the DD. If someone needed it, I, like I said, would usually go and find a milkshake or something. I never had time to stand in line at a bar. I was on the dance floor. Seriously. I hear you. So that's the best. Yeah. My husband always brags about that. He's like DD for life. Yeah. No, we have some cool wine bars. I don't know names of them. Like I said, I think, you know, the happy gnome was a, a big place that my coach and all the athletes would go to. Um, there's a lot of places in downtown Minneapolis are close to it. And a lot of breweries that we have here in Minneapolis now, but you know, the sad part about, uh, this whole pandemic is a lot of places are shutting down. Yeah. Yeah. So if you come, anybody that comes needs to hit me up and I will find out places for you to find a good drink. I promise. Cool. Sounds good. Well, we we are perfectly fine with having yeah. just some electrolyte drink and we're going to come and we're going to run with you. Can we come and knock on your door? Oh my gosh. You can come stay with me. It'd be so fun. We'd have a blast. Oh, that'd be so fun. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll totally take you up on it. <laughs> hey, we'd love it. That's what, that's what you do here in Minnesota. Uh, you better at least, right? Open your doors up and welcome people in. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. When we get back to local racing, what are your favorites? Any ones that stand out and uh, tell us about mm -hmm. them? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Have you guys been up to Duluth then? If you've been here to Minnesota, have you gone mm -hmm. to grandma's marathon? No. So it's been on our list, but we haven't made it up there yet, but I hear it's, it's beautiful. Oh, it's so pretty up there. You guys, it's weird because it's almost like it feels a little bit mountainous up there because it's pretty hilly and there's a lot of different terrain and it's just gorgeous. Like it's kind of like the place you want to go to in the winter because they have all the skiing, but then in the summertime they have canoeing and Lake Superior is just gorgeous. And so that's one of my favorites. And obviously it's a huge race, but they make it feel like a small town feel. So grandma's marathon, twin cities marathon, two of my favorites. Um, I kind of have a soft spot for this race called uh, fools 5k and it's on April April fool's day. I haven't been in a while because Ruby's birthday is on April, April fool's day. Oh. So yeah, but the fools five is fun. And you know, there's so many different places. We have some really cool 
timing companies that I have a like a strong connection with. And so all of their races, whether it's MTech results or the, you know, Mary Anderson, Anderson race, I love their races. So I think more importantly, it's not necessarily where they are, but knowing the people behind them is what makes them special to me. Sure. That's really cool. Well, we definitely will have to come up for grandma's marathon. I'm that is like a definite. Please. Oh, you would love it. It's so cool up there. It's really pretty. And I would recommend anyone that does that take a little time, you know, maybe have two or three days after the race to actually see it up there because it's beautiful. Yeah. And, you know, it's neat too, because the race is in June, but the weather is always so cool. So like, it can be kind of chilly. It can be anything. So when you come, you have to be, you have to bring like a light puffy, you know, you have to have, or like a vest like I'm wearing tonight, but then also be ready for hot and humid. It's really strange. Mm -hmm. Like it you could also go through like different seasons during the race. I swear, like it can start cold, (laughs) but then it can get humid and then it can get sunny and hot. Like it's crazy. But I think that's part of the fun of being up there. It's like a mountain town where you just, you can have snow in the morning and then it's sports bra weather in the afternoon. <laughs> that is the best. That's what I love about mountain towns. I love when it's mm-hmm. like chilly in the morning, you can go on your run, you have perfect weather yep. and then you can be, you know, have sunny, warm weather mm-hmm. to hang out during in the afternoon. So exactly. And when you come up, if you do go to grandma's, they have the 5k the night before. So if you're not there to race the marathon or the half and you know, a spectator or your loved one wants to race there is a 5k the night before which I always run and then I do the commentary the next day but I think that's super fun because there's you know racing for everyone yeah no that's great well speaking of like the changing of seasons and weather and all of that what is your favorite season in Minneapolis oh the fall is definitely my favorite I mean we have such pretty colors. If you look at any of the Twin Cities Marathon pictures, it's like, you can't picture, like you can't paint a picture like that. It's Mm. just gorgeous. Mm. So I would have to say that's my favorite. I kind of like how, you know, it's, it's super hot in July and August, but then as you're preparing to race Twin Cities, your longer runs are happening as the weather cools a little bit. So it's kind of nice because you know, you slug through the summer months, you kind of get that heat and humidity training, and then you can freshen up with the cool crisp air. So Mm -hmm. that's definitely my favorite. I like summers here, but we, a lot of people don't know, we get hot and humid weather. So it can be brutal training throughout our summers here. Yeah. You know, I feel like that's like been the number one answer. Wouldn't you say? I think definitely fall fall for people. People love the fall. There's something pretty special about it. Yeah. Um, Well, I was going to say real quick before I forget, Carrie, what are some good or a good running store when we come, if we need something or we just want to like hang out with all the runners in the running store? (laughs) Oh my goodness. I love each and every one of our running stores first and foremost. Like they are all great. So no matter where you're at, my heart belongs to run and fun because I worked there throughout most of my professional career. Actually, Um, I would work three or four days a week. I loved it. It was so fun. Uh, and they're in St. Paul, but they also have two other locations. Their, their first location was in St. Paul, right by my house. But then we have a place called Mill City and St. City running. And they're dear friends of mine that own that place as well, those places as well. But I mean, 
I mean, there's so many good running stores here and they're all super fun. Like they all have their own thing. And I know a lot of different running stores do, but I feel like the running stores here have really taken off and have great community. You know, they do just cool things within the community. So check out any one of them, but run and fun is, I have to give a shout out to them because they've taken good care of me over the years. They sponsor my camp. They help me out whenever I need it. I send everyone in there. They give great discounts for the people that I send in and pretty much anyone gets a discount there. So (laughs) check them out. Well, and I'm so glad you brought that up, Carrie, because I bet, you know, I, I, I wanted to tell you that our son, Josh is 13. He's in eighth grade. He's going to high school next year. He loves cross country. And I had heard about your camps and I went on your website and checked it out. And I was like, I have to, when things get better, of course, with COVID, but we have to send him. I think he would have a blast. He would. And we have kids come from all over and we'll just send one of, I've gone to the airport. I've sent some of my staff to the airport. We pick them up and bring them right to camp. And some of the kids have stayed with me for, you know, the afternoon after camp. And then my, my husband and I will run them out to the airport. So it's run. My sister and I started the camp and we live right in the dorms with them. And basically it's my entire family and, you know, a bunch of awesome people that help with camp, but it is so much fun. It's roughly about a hundred kids. That's usually where I cap it, you know, anywhere from 80 to a hundred, because I want to be able to hang out with them. And I don't want it to get so big that it's, I don't get to really know the kids. So seventh through 12th graders, boys or girls, we'd love to have him. All right. Cool. We're putting it on the list. We're going to put him on the yep. plane and send him to Minneapolis. <laughs> we got him. I think he'd be up for it because he's always like up for an adventure and new stuff and being somewhere different and seeing, especially the outdoors. He is a big outdoorsman. So, well, he'll get to go see Minnehaha Falls. We'll take him on all kinds of cool routes around here. All the things we've chatted about, he'll get to go see. Great. He would love that. Carrie, before we let you go, I want to ask you one more question. I, I don't want this conversation to end. So, somehow we have to find a way to like, get back together and chat some more because you are so much fun. Yes. Um, but if you could run anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? Oh my goodness. You know, well, this is going to sound kind of silly, but I love running here. <laughs> I love running at home, but partly is because it's fun for me to have my family here And, you know, when you travel for races, it's tough to get them all to go now because life is busy with kids and whatever. But the one place that I didn't race was in Norway. And that's my heritage is that's where my most of my family's from. I I was in Finland getting ready to go over to Oslo and um, for one of the big track meets and I ended up not going. And so that's the one spot where I'm always like, I got to go and see like when I was in Sweden and in Finland, I saw everyone that looked like my mom this blonde, you know, beauty, I think. Mm. And I wanted to go and see what Norway was like as well, because that's kind of, you know, that's where it all happened for my parents, at least. And so that's, I think, on the bucket list is to get over there. But I also really want to go to Australia, New Zealand, I think it'd be super fun to do some kind of race over there. Not so thrilled about the long plane ride, but Mm. Um, definitely going over there. So, you know, I've raced all over the world, but, um, I'd have to say those are the, the three spots I have never been and want to go. 
if I could tell somebody to go somewhere. I absolutely loved being in Switzerland. I loved it. Zurich was absolutely gorgeous. And there, there's a lot, lot of fun races that happen over there. Japan is another one of my favorite countries. The people are amazing. The racing and running over there is really cool. So um, I would like to go back there. But if Norway, New Zealand, Australia, those three places, I think, are bucket list places for me. Nice. So one of our best friends married a guy from Norway, from Oslo, or right outside of okay. Oslo. And so we have been able to kind of get a little bit of an inside look of Norwegian culture. Yeah. And like, actually, we need to like have them like, um, have him um, teach us a few words of Norwegian. Oh, anyway. the name and Chada. exactly oh my gosh and his mom like when she comes out to visit like we hang out with his mom who is like through and through norwegian and it's like Mm -hmm. i want to go to carrie like it's just looks so beautiful it does and i just think too like they kind of i mean i know they're they're really big into their winter sports there but i think they like all that endurance stuff and it's just pretty like even in Finland I didn't really get to see a lot of it and I was by myself so I was a little bit nervous to go run in the the trails there but they have a really cool trail system there so there's a lot of places I would like to go back and hopefully Charlie and I will be we're going to be old but hopefully our bodies are young enough to do some of these traveling and (laughs) traveling races as we you know our kids kind of move on to other things (laughs) but yeah I'd like to go I'd like to go Kenya and Ethiopia and places like that as well. I mean, all over. I have all kinds of places I want to go to. I know. I know the world is so vast and it's neat because we're runners and it makes it, it makes it like a lot more fun because you just put on your shoes and go explore the place on a run. Right. Exactly. It's the best um, tourism I've ever done, you know, is take a, now you can take your camera with you or your, your cell phone and just take some pictures before I used to take my, you know, those cameras. Oh, that you wow. yeah, clip, yeah. I'd take that thing with me. Sure. <laughs> I don't care. I was going to yep. go get some sites. That's right. And then you have to wait to get the film developed and you're like, exactly. Oh, okay. Come I on. Can't like, wait. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's true though. <laughs> We want the people to know this is not being <laughs> recorded at an old folks home or something. No. <laughs> yeah, back Poor in our day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's all oh, well. Let's face it. That's right. We got this. We got this thing. As long as we can put one foot in front of the other, we'll stay young. No, for sure. That's it. That's it. I concede nothing. I I, I concede <laughs> nothing. I still have it in my head that somehow I'm going to stay in front of my son a little while longer. I, I, my days are literally numbered, but mm-hmm. it's, I'm probably going to be hurt because I'm going to go down fighting. I'm telling you, you got to take your two or three rest days and then you, you know, save up for those days you run with him. That's right. So are you going to run another marathon anytime soon? Probably. I mean, I don't know if it's anytime soon, but I'd like to, I still think, there's part of me that wants to, it'd be kind of fun to run in those fast shoes, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I run in big trainers. I never even wear racing flats. So I'm like, what kind of time would I run if I were running in those fast shoes? Yeah. Um, but I think I'll run another one. I enjoyed that. 251 was fun. It was training that I could handle and it wasn't real structured. It was, um, it wasn't real, real hard, intense training. It just was 
good efforts when I was out there or, you know, purposeful runs when I needed it to be. And so if I could do another buildup like that, I definitely will. Yeah. And you're for sure going to break 250 and beyond. You're just getting started, Carrie. Oh, I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) Sure is fun trying though. That's for sure. Carrie Tolson, where can everybody find you? Tell us all the places. Yeah, well, you can find me on social at Carrie Tullison or at C. Tolly Run. I use Carrie Tullison a little bit more than my C. Tolly Run. Um, but you can also go to CarrieTullison.com for my camp information. You can go to CTollyRun.com to see all of our old YouTube channels, uh, our old YouTube videos, and also the podcast. But yeah, if you guys ever need me, I mean, I think anyone that knows me knows I'm just a message away, whether it's on Facebook or Instagram, Twitter, I'm not so good at, but I will find you eventually. Um, but you can send an email or a message anytime and I'll help any runner I can. Everyone go subscribe to Carrie's awesome podcast. See Tolly run. If you have kids, sign them up for her camp, put them on the plane, send them to Minneapolis. She'll pick them up and take good care of them. Carrie Tollison, you are such a joy. This is honestly been the highlight of my week. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. Thank you guys. You guys are so awesome. I've loved watching everything that you've done and starting this podcast and a new journey together. That's pretty cool. So thank you for having me on the show. Thank you for being here. It's an absolute treat. Bye. Carrie, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing so much about the Twin Cities with the Sweet Run audience. We really enjoyed all the laughs and you definitely kept us on our toes by turning into the interviewer and asking us some questions. We look forward to the opportunity to share a great run, some good food, and maybe even a little time on the dance floor the next time we're in Minneapolis. To enjoy more time with Carrie, check out her podcast, See Tolly Run, and subscribe. You can also find her on social media at Carrie Tollison or carrytollison.com and ctollyrun.com. And while you're at it, please visit us on all social at Sweet Run, Nat Runs Far, and on sweetrun.com. So how are we doing? You think we should go for 20 more and beyond? If you think so, please tell a friend, give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, and definitely subscribe on your favorite podcast player. Thank you to our sponsors, Inside Tracker and Beam. Inside Tracker is offering 25% off its entire store for our listeners. Just visit insidetracker.com slash sweetrun. You guys, we are huge fans of Inside Tracker. They make it so easy to find out what's going on inside your body. You just go and have your blood drawn. They do a complete analysis and tell you what it is that you're missing so that you can become a better athlete and a better person. So definitely go and take advantage of this offer. We are super excited to welcome Beam as a new sponsor of the show. We are loving their Dream Powder. It tastes like a healthy, delicious hot chocolate. And you have it at night. It has compounds like magnesium and melatonin to help you wind down and have a better restful night of sleep. Who doesn't want that? All right, we have an offer for you guys. Go and visit 
beamtlc.com and use the promo code SWEETRUN for 15% off. And if you order a subscription, which is already 20% off, you'll receive an extra 15% off and get this, they're going to give you a beam mug and a frother. That's nearly 35% off. So go check it out. Let us know what you think. I think you're going to love their dream powder. All right, you guys. Join us next Thursday. We have a fantastic episode to bring you. I'm so excited about this episode with a great runner living in a beautiful location. I'm telling you, you will not want to miss this conversation. So join us next week and we'll see you then. We will see you then.